welcome to the JSM podcast, where we desire to see everyone living in a healthy relationship with the Lord and with each other. Um, welcome to this week as we continue our series on Christianese. I'm Joanna, and I'm here with Cassandra. Um, I'm excited. Um, I'm also excited that we got a week off, so that was nice. Yes, that was nice. <laughs> we rested. We took time off for um, for Thanksgiving, and that was good. That was um, definitely needed. The break was welcomed. Um, I know for me, cause I don't, my God, all week off without teaching. And so it's always good to come back. And, um, I also feel like, um, especially through moments of rest, there's so much to learn, to take in, to absorb, um, so much that God is always saying and doing. And so, um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for us to be back and to continue through our journey on the Christianese. So today we're going to continue. We're actually going to go backwards because um, last time we were in Philippians 4 and we're going to continue in Philippians 4, but um, we're going to go backwards today. Actually, Mixing it up. <laughs> <laughs> actually to, um, to verse 4. So those that are just joining us, um, we're doing a series of just focusing on like verses, sayings, and things that people use, um, as we would say, sometimes as weapons, lacking um, empathy, um, understanding, validation as people are going through different seasons, all people throw verses out and things like that. And um, I find often those things are actually really unhealthy and not how God intended for things to be. And so, um, so last time we talked about Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and what that means. And so today we're going to go back and talk about a little bit earlier part in that same chapter. And so we want to kind of remind everybody that all of these, um, many, not all, many of these books in the New Testament are actually letters that were written to specific people, specific churches for specific times and places, but we can stand back in observation and learn a lot um, through this process. Cause a lot of times people are like, well, he wrote it to this person. Why does it apply to me? Well, there's still so much truth and wisdom um, as even a starting point in context of beginning to have discussions about things um, because we're seeing, you know, a lot of Paul's relationship with the Lord on display, just like going through, a lot of the Old Testament, we actually get to stand back as an observer in a lot of different people's lives. Well, here we get to hear Paul's actual thoughts at different times and um, and different things that were going on in different churches that they were experiencing. So saying all that, so let's start. Let's look at Philippians 4, verse 4. We're going to start in verse 4. We'll see how far we get. Um, because this is a chunk of verses that sometimes we've heard individual verses in this. Sometimes we've heard parts of them. And so we're going to kind of start taking this apart. Okay, what does this mean in a healthy light? How should I take this? So starting with, this is Paul summing up his whole entire letter, but we have verse four. So Philippians 4, 4. And today we're going to read out of the NIV because you can always count on me picking a different translation. Every time. Every time I teach. <laughs> There's often I bounce back and forth. But okay, so verse four says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God in the peace of God, which transcends 
transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And we're just going to kind of stop there. Um, and so, so we've heard, many of us have heard verse four, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Um, and so a lot of times when those things, when that verse is used, um, it's usually if somebody's walking through like a difficult season or having a bad day, you know, somebody's like, you know, scripture says you're supposed to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And you want to throw something at them sometimes <laughs> because you're like, that's not where I'm at right now. <laughs> I'm not in the rejoice moment. So it's like, okay, so let's take this apart. And I think it goes back to one of the big things we talked about last time is growing in our relationship with God. And I think to even get to a space where somebody can truly rejoice, let's say in the middle of a really difficult season, there has to be a greater depth of, of relationship that somebody has with the Lord. And Paul, Paul is displaying we see the things that he's teaching. So it's not like, I, I don't see evidence that Paul was like this avoidant person, that Paul was not in reality, that he's sitting at pris in prison at different times or under attack. I think we see a man that genuinely had such a deep connection and had direct encounters, you know, with the yes. Lord and saw miraculous things. And so he was able to, I know from his heart, say, with fullness of like rejoice. Like he's like, because his heart was so close and so fixated on who God was that he was able to find joy because of his connection. And so we look in through throughout scripture right now, mine goes to, in Psalms, it says um, in his presence is fullness of joy, referring to being in God's presence. And so Paul had honed into his life, this space of being continually in God's presence. So this ties into, well, Joanna, how is that possible? How does someone sit in a space like that where they're in God's presence? And we've talked about, you know, in our previous series about praying without ceasing and being in the space where we've grown in our relationship where we're in constant connection with the Lord. Well, a lot of times a person isn't at that space. Let's say they don't even know that there is joy found yet in God. Well, I'm not going to use, I'm not ever going to say this verse ever at all to anybody like that. Cause I'm like, you don't understand that yet. Right. You're not in that space. But then also let's just say, just cause I'm grieving. Does that mean I don't have joy? No, no, that's not true because we can be walking through seasons of grief and still have hope and joy found in the Lord. And so, so it's like, so looking at this, you know, this verse I hear tossed about so much, especially if a person's walking through a season of depression or things like that, like, you know, somebody looks at them, you're supposed to rejoice in the Lord always, you know, like, and how hurtful that is because maybe that person isn't there yet. And more I look at it is more God designed us to live in joy. Like he did. That's how we thrive. That's how our bodies were created to live in that space. And so I use this more like as a guideline, like if somebody's not there, then there's something that's happening. So I'm not going to use the verse at them. I'm more going to use the verse of like, wow, something must be wrong. They, God created us for joy. They don't have joy. So let's figure out what's wrong. Like never mentioning it at all. 
that I look at it more as like the standard in which God had and designed for us. So it's like, so that's where, you know, because if the verse said, grieve and live in absolute hopelessness and sadness at all times, then (laughs) we would know that's the standard in which God created us, but it's not. So God created us to live in joy, even in the middle of our grief. So, so I know a person's like, what are you talking about, Joanna? Well, if I go and look at somebody and I see them consumed with darkness and sadness and things like that, I know God did not create for them to live in that space. That is not how God made for us. It's not how we thrive or anything like that. I'm more like, wow, they don't have joy and God created us to live in joy. Let me go find out what they need or who they are or their story or what it is about their journey or things like that. Um, And so I might never use the verse. I might pray it over them. I might pray that, you know, that they would begin to experience God's joy over their life, that they would begin to experience connection with him, that I could pray this verse over them. But I'm probably never going to say it to them. I'm not because it's not where they're at. It's not the space that they're in. Um, And so um, so I look at it more of like hashtag life goal. For me to be able to be in a space where I can rejoice in the Lord always, always. again, I say rejoice yeah. because I know that's the way I was designed to live and joy, but I also live in a world that's fallen and broken. So the reality is not all moments are joyful, but in my heart, because of my connection with God, I can always find joy even in the middle of my grief. So those who know me well enough, you can find me laughing and crying just as much all in the same moment because, and everybody knows because of my connection with God. So does that mean I do not grieve? Does that mean that I do not look at the brokenness of life? Does that mean that, no, I say I have lots of joy because I cry really well too when it's needed because this life is broken. There are moments that need to be grieved. There's moments that are just horrible, like that this world is broken. We live in brokenness. We experience brokenness. And so, um, but I don't ever speak these words over people that, are not in that space yet, but I can picture, let's just say, um, hopefully it's not our future in our lifetime, but if I'm sitting there, let's just say chained up for the gospel somewhere, I might look at the person next to me and be like, remember, you know, like talking about like when Paul was in prison or Paul was in these spaces, like he found joy. And as a reminder, okay, so that's a very real reality, you know, um, but most of the time, no, this verse should not be used as a weapon. And and a lot of times when it's said to a person, they feel like something's wrong with them because they are sad and that they need to just like stuff it, fix it, do something with it. Or they walk away from God. They're like, God doesn't care about my sadness. He only wants me happy, you know, and it's like, I don't know how to be happy. So I guess I can't go to church. <laughs> I mean, that's sadly, that's what ends up happening with a lot of people. They like, they they find themselves stuck and they don't know what to do and give you a moment to talk. Yeah. I just had a thought um, that I wanted to bring up. Do you, do you think that a lot of times people use verses like this uh, because either they don't know what to say or because they don't want to be bothered? I know that sounds awful, Mm. But, yeah, I'm going to fix you real quick. Yeah. I'm going to throw a scripture at you and yeah. you're going to be all or, better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe not because they, they don't want to be bothered. You know, maybe if, if it's someone at church, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe it's because they don't, they don't know what to say to fix it. Mm. Um, and they, 
they said, well, this scripture is in the Bible, so I'm going to say this. Um, but it doesn't, I think we need to be aware of that is the reason I'm bringing it up. And I think we need to be aware that um, we don't always have to say the right things. I mean, we can even say, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know how to fix this, but I will sit here with you and I will listen and I will pray with you and I'll hug your neck or, you know, bring you a casserole. You know, we Southerners are really good at casseroles. <laughs> um, but, but, but connecting with somebody. Yes. Like in, in their story of understanding what happened to their joy. Did they ever have any in life? Like, what are they experiencing? And like sitting with them in that space of, of connection um, and hearing their story and, you know, and, and realizing that sometimes people are so far from this place of being able to rejoice always and being able to live in that space because they've never seen it done. They don't understand how to get there. They don't even know that it's even a goal, right. you know, and it's like, and I see her. And I think the big thing too, I want to encourage people, it is a goal, make it your goal, you know, to where you, cause I'm, I don't want to say it in a way that somebody strives for, but I want to say it in a way that, you know, you've obtained something in your relationship with God when you can say this. And, um, and that, you know, <laughs> I, I see people, you know, they'll look at a, another couple or, you know, and they'll be like, hashtag relationship goals. You know, I look at this and I'm like, hashtag God goals, like love it. of being like, oh my gosh, like for Paul to be able to say this and like, we've been emphasizing. And even when we're, as we're going through Psalms and everything, it was the depth of relationship that these people had with God that made it so Paul could say this. It wasn't like people heard this from Paul and were like, Paul doesn't live that. Paul's not like that. No, like you see an evidence of it through the stories with the guards and things like that. Yes. They're like, you are so different, you know? Yes. What is it about you? Yeah, but yes. it was because that was the type of relationship that Paul had with God that he had grown to. And I don't believe it was a forced thing because that's the other thing. People read this and they try to force the joy. No, the joy comes from that, you know, being in his presence. And that goes back to a life of prayer and connection with God that creates this. It just exudes from a person because you hang around them and you're like, who do you hang around all the time? You know, and they're like, I hang around with Jesus all the time, man, because you're different. Like it doesn't feel forced. It feels natural. There's just something that flows out of you, you know, and that was the type of relationship that people saw. So for Paul to say this, he exuded this. That was where he was at. That was the type of connection that he had with the Lord was as such that when he's saying this, people are like, oh, wow. I, hashtag relationship goals. Like, I want to know God the way Paul knows God. Like, I want to understand God the way Paul understands God. Like, wow. And now this puts us all into a different light. Now hearing all this, because this is the context this is the heart in which this was written to. And then don't get me wrong. Nobody likes a grouchy church. So I'm sure there's this encouragement of releasing some old ways of life where Paul's like, toss those things aside. Like 
nobody's going to want Jesus if you don't even look like you want Jesus. You know, it's like there, there is that exhortation, that encouragement of like, find joy, look for it, look for that type of connection with God where you're experiencing this. And so he's encouraging them because of whatever they're going through, they're experiencing at the time that he's saying like, I'm with you. I'm with you. Don't lose sight. Don't, you know, and so there's, now we look at it in all the context. So the next time somebody throws this verse at you, it's okay. You can trip them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> you can just, you just be like, hush, you know, because it I might think we should, should ask them, what do you mean by that? <laughs> can you explain that to me? How do you do that? Yes. And I think it's good to ask somebody how they do that. It's good to be asked that too. And if somebody says they don't know, then you know they're probably living. And people don't realize there are so many Christians I can see that are highly avoidant of their emotions and they think they're doing this. And that's what's sad. They've shut off themselves. And, and that's where it's like, that's not what God's calling us to do. He is not calling us to shut off certain part of our emotions where we're only living in this space. That's not what he's asking That's a of us. very good point that needs to be made. Yes, because I've seen so many Christians that have not dealt with their stuff. They're highly avoidant of anything emotional. Because they just want to rejoice always. Yes. I'm not going to think about anything bad because I'm just going to rejoice. Yes. And I'm like, ah, that's not what he was talking about. Not at all. Like, because you see throughout the letters, like Paul had to work out his stuff. God didn't, God didn't ignore Paul's issues. And you see that, like, if you start looking at the letters, the fun thing. So this is fun to look through scripture, through different, different lenses and noticing different things. So like, if you, I'm saying like, go and study all Paul's letters and just look at Paul. Don't look at the people only, just look at Paul you know, look at his, and you start to see things and then you can go through the letters and look at this and look at that. But when you see Paul had to, and you notice this, Paul had to go through his own process with the Lord. He was working through his own stuff, his own life, his own things, because he came from a space of attacking and destroying Christians before, right. you know, and so he's, he's going through his own stuff. And so, so back to what I was saying, a lot of times people will say this verse and they're what I call avoidant people. And they think that that's what they're doing. And I'm like, but it's not genuine. And, and we've all met people like that. We're like, it's not genuine in you. It's like this forced rejoicing. You ignore everything, you know, and it's just like, it doesn't feel real. There isn't this like depth of passion in your life in saying these things. And so this doesn't mean that God wants us to be emotionally avoidant. It doesn't mean he wants us to be relationally detached, you know, because hashtag we've achieved it. It's just like, no, that's not what he's, that's not even what Paul's asking of them. That's not what he's saying. Right. Like at all in any of that. Um, and so it's important for us to, <clears throat> to pay attention to these things. Because this rejoicing, like we go back to that Paul's talking about and that we see in his life, was something through the depth of him. It wasn't just a surface level. It wasn't that Paul was being avoidant. It wasn't any of that. It was like a genuine because the type of connection that he had with God, that he was able to experience these things and to stay in the space um, in which he was living in. And so it's important for us to emphasize that. 
So we're not sitting here telling people turn off part of their emotions. Um, we're gonna only cover we're not going to dive in the rest of it. We'll have to do it next week because the next part goes so much deeper, but we'll do verse five real quick. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And so, um, here again, you know, as we're going throughout this, he's talking, you know, much of the way I look at this in a lot of Paul's letters, he's like talking to, you know, I look at my kids as I'm teaching them you know, as they're little, I'm like, gentle, gentle, we're going to be gentle, you know? And, they're learning, you know, as he's writing these letters, God's way of life, you know. And so we have to realize some of these people that he's writing to are warriors and fighters and like all these things, you know, people that we don't always necessarily see in our lives. And so learning to be gentle was probably a new and profound thing. It was like, you mean don't go and like bulldoze everybody around me? I mean, they're understanding that these are new concepts for some of these people and realizing, yes, God is gentle. He is a gentle God. He wants you to be gentle. Like that's his heart, learning that, experiencing that. And, you know, and then he goes on and talks about the Lord is near. Um, I think all of us need um, that reminder that God is near in whatever experiencing walking through that God sees that he's aware um, of the space that any of us are standing in. And I want to go back to, um, as we finish, I'm just talking about um, rejoicing. I think right now I just feel kind of led just to pray over. Um, let's just say somebody who finds themselves like in a season of darkness. Um, darkness can come twofold. Um, it can come through our journey. Um, and the things that we're experiencing. And then sometimes it can be spiritual oppression. Um, and it's important for us to understand where, where it's coming from, what it is that we're experiencing and what the source of it is. But right now, I just feel like I just want to pray over somebody who is walking through life and all they've experienced is darkness and they have not experienced joy. They don't even know what that feels like. All they've found themselves in is a space where it's just been dark after dark after dark, that there's just been years upon years of this. And I just want to pray for you right now. I just want to declare over your life. Father, I just pray for whoever this might be. Lord, I just, um, if it's more than one person, Lord, I just pray for um, just a revealing of who you are, that they would begin to experience just a drop of your presence um, because sometimes it's all that we can handle, that that drop would begin to open and just would begin to pour down like a stream over their life. And then like a waterfall that, that would just pour over them, that they would begin to experience your light in every aspect of their life. That they would begin to know and understand that you are the God that created us to experience joy and that you are very aware that many of us come from many broken spaces and that you desire, Lord, we know that you desire for us to be close to you, to walk in the fullness of the way that we are created, to walk in fullness of connection, to walk in freedom from darkness. And Lord, I just pray for just hope um, for this person who just feels hopeless, um, that they would begin to just grab hold of that hope that you to just even hear today that you desired for us to walk in joy is probably even something new. They feel like 
you didn't create them for joy, but you created all of us for joy. And I just pray for healing within their heart, that they would begin to open their heart and their mind to the process of just being restored um, into relationship with you and the people in their life. Lord, I just thank you so much um, for your faithfulness and how kind and gentle of a father you are to us, Lord. And we just release your healing over this person. We just partner in the things that you're doing in their life. We just thank you so much in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Well, I just, if you are that person, we just encourage you. Um, if you need prayer, just go to our website, joannasnow.com. Um, we have a uh, box there that you can just fill out prayer requests. Um, we would love to have the opportunity to pray for you and to connect with you um, in whatever season you're in and to help you find resources if you need it. Um, so we are so thankful um, for each one of you and for joining us today once again. Um, our our podcast excited to be back it's nice we're going to continue next week um going through some more verses in philippians 4 because there's a lot of verses here that are used um in a way that can often be so destructive so thank you for joining us remember connection makes us stronger um check out our website joannasnow.com download the app if you haven't yet we hope you all have a blessed week